Hi everyone, this is Luke Moroni for the Daily Property Search Podcast, and this is podcast number 84. And what I'd like to talk to you all about today is will property prices turn around post-election? Before I get into this topic, just a disclaimer that this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be regarded as financial or legal advice. Make sure you get your own independent advice when it comes to investing. So there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen out in with property prices, considering our election is coming up, whether the Liberal Party are going to remain in power or Labor is going to take over. And at the moment, Labor's probably the best bet in terms of taking on power um, come May uh, from the elections, and they seem to be the favorite at the moment. So it'll be an interesting couple of months, or I guess it's about six weeks or so, before we get to the election and um, see who actually is going to govern for the next four years on moving forward. So there's a lot to consider, and there's a, you know, a lot of articles, uh, especially with uh, economists out there in the marketplace right now, saying or speculating what typically is going to happen, some positive, some negative. I just thought I'd give you a couple of points, what I'm thinking about, and just diving in some into some of those articles that have been written to discuss what some of the thoughts that you as a property investor want to really consider in terms of price movement. Now, generally over the last two years, we've seen property prices in Sydney and Melbourne drop by 10%. We've seen other markets around Australia really not perform as well, because, especially because of the tighter lending standards that have been put in place. Um, we probably would have seen some of those markets that haven't performed as well in the past five or six years or so really develop during this time now. But the tight lending standards have really affected the whole market. So we've, and as we see it and right now coming up to these, this election as well, a lot of people are really worried about, you know, what could typically is going to happen. And a lot of people kind of just sit still prior to election anyway. So we want to sort of gear ourselves up post-election to think about what are some of the moves that we're going to make, or maybe we're not going to make during that time, uh, post-election time. So the first point I'd like to make, as Labor being the front runners, I'll bring up their ideas and thoughts especially when it comes to property post-election. So they've actually stated right now that negative gearing and capital gains tax changes will come into effect on the 1st of January, 2020. So that's a big change in policy and it's, it's one that's gonna affect the whole country and there is the thought process of you know, prices going down or up um, in relation to different sectors, whether they're new um, or established properties, whether they're in um, you know closer to the cities or further out, or in regional areas, and how these property prices will perform, and then thinking about capital gains is they're going to be uh, a low in transactions because of the re- reduced amount of capital gains taxed uh, threshold that's given out to investors. So there's a number of factors involved in this. And obviously from May, when they come in, when they come into power, the Labor Party, if they are to win the election, then there's a, a point of probably six, seven month period where investors have an opportunity to get in the market by established properties. If they are negatively geared, then they'll be able to get in, get in before that cutoff date 
uh, and the new policy comes into play on the 1st of January 2020. So people need to, I guess, think about what's really going to happen in that process. And if we look at the what's going on with the Liberal Party, it's going to kind of going to be steady as she goes when it comes to property. They're not really going to affect or change too much in the property sector at the moment. And they'll probably allow the market forces to take on what's going on and just leave negatively, negative gearing and capital gains tax the way they are at the moment. So what kind of effect can this potentially have, especially when it comes to the Labor Party in terms of property transactions, um, potential property growth, in, uh, the, in those seven months moving forward before uh, 31st of December when you would need to get your transactions completed by. So I'm, I'm talking settlements. It's probably going to be based on uh, probably the exchange of contracts. It could be the signing or the exchange, but that's to be determined and we'll see how that policy unravels in the coming months if Labor is to win the election. But that might bring us towards you know, having a bit of a spike in the market, in various markets, especially around those typical blue chip areas where you probably find that prices are high, well sought after areas, maybe thinking about the eastern suburbs beaches, the lower North Shore, um, maybe even the nor- northern beaches of Sydney as well. When we come into Melbourne, you know, places like your South Yarras, um, St Kilda's, and you know those closer pockets into the city where people like to live and work. And typically your prices are quite high, your rents are gonna be quite low or the yield on, on the property or the cash flow on the property is gonna be low. That's putting you into a negative situation. So those types of products that are out in the marketplace could actually spike in that period from the time that Labor, if they were to win the election, and the 31st of December. Then you've got to think about what's actually going to happen to those prices post 1 January 2020. Are we going to get into a situation where things then decline again? So it might rise up the prices and it might bring back the prices. Now that's one argument that could happen and the Liberal Party, as I stated, they're going to be steady as she goes. So allowing market forces in the current tax regime to allow for whatever happens in the economy to happen in the economy um, when it comes to property. The second point I'd like to make is APRA, who are the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, uh, have relaxed the interest-only lending. Now, previously there was a, a lot of things in the Royal Commission and the lending practices that were out there were seen as um, really favoring investors and interest-only lending was gonna put us into a high debt situation where Loans weren't being paid down over time and people could really get in there and, you know, build up high debt and um, put, you know, either themselves uh, and the property markets and the economy at risk as well. So the whole idea is to do um, very well low risk lending and I guess it's a state where we had that period of time. Now APRA are looking at ways to bolster some of the lending that is out there because there's been severe drops in the last two years or so now. And hence, while we've seen drops in the Sydney and Melbourne property markets, so severe and so steep. Now, we were we always got to an affordability problem in Melbourne and Sydney, but it came back worse because of what was happening in lending. So um, those market forces or those uh, 
those practices that were put in place by APRA, by the banks and lenders, were putting the brakes on hard, and even pulling up the handbrake to really stop a lot of lending out in the market. And I spoke about that recently, about the number of transactions has dropped significantly, something like 22%, um, and that's led to property prices dropping in Sydney and Melbourne uh, over the last couple of years or since the peak by you know 13 to 15% on average. So this interest-only lending that's coming through now, there, um, there's promotions out there at the moment that have 10-year interest-only periods. So if there's an ability for people to borrow on those 10 years interest-only periods and get loans on them, people, uh, investors are going to be in a circumstance where they're, um, they don't have to look to refinance in five years. They don't have to worry about interest-only periods for a long time down the track. And that would have been very helpful, uh, I guess, to investors going back a little while and they probably would have been in a situation where they would borrow even more. So they're getting a little bit lax on some of these rules and you just got to really think, is it actually going to to really bolster the amount of lending in the marketplace? Um, and there's other things that we've got to consider when it comes to the lending that is happening and just putting the interest-only 10-year uh, loan uh, interest-only periods, so the 10-year interest-only periods in place is not going to be a real reason for everyone to go out there and just go and and borrow money. So there's got to be other factors involved. Um, property prices is one, but the rulings on loans as they sit right now. And that really leads me to the third point in regards to servicing on loans is still quite high, which means that if we've got these promotions out there through APRA allowing a little bit easier on the lending in regards to interest only and servicing still high, that means that only really the cashed up investors are going to have the ability to buy. So people with you maybe a $50,000 or $80,000 deposit available for them, they might not still be able to borrow they might not be still able to get that interest-only 10-year loan that's available. So the servicing is a big one, and it's not talked about too much um, from people who are looking at these rules from APRA, loosening some of these rules. They're not really talking about that too much. And they're, you know, I guess, focusing on the positive side of seeing some of these rules open up a little bit for investors, but I don't think they've opened up enough as yet. Until we see some of the servicing change, I still think that even if labor get in and all these negative gearing uh, and capital gains changes happen, for that seven-month period, there's probably going to be an increase of transactions, but how much? Probably not significant unless the servicing on, on loans changes. And that's a thought that an opinion that I have in the marketplace right now, because on speaking to brokers, they're still struggling to get people loans. So if people were to negatively gear, um, then that's going to be assessed within the loan. And they're going to really struggle to have the ability to, to get that loan on that particular property. So that situation will be interesting to see over the next seven months after the post the election and whether and whether Labor gets into actually change things up and the effect that that might have on the next seven months. But 
watch out for those peaks and troughs and what happens, the activity. I guess really what's important is be close to what the action is happening, be speaking to mortgage brokers out there and seeing what the kind of servicing is happening. Then you can get a gauge of if there's going to be any frenzied activity. You want to be out in the ground and speaking to agents about the number of buyers that are coming through and watching some of the auctions and seeing the amount of bidders if it's getting to a point where there's a little bit of frenzy activity, maybe we will see those price growths in Sydney running to the end of the year, then watch out for maybe some of those declines. So if you're in a situation to maybe hold back, uh, if you're looking in the Sydney or Melbourne property markets especially, because they're typically the markets that people are going, or those inner city areas around the country, typical markets where the negative gearing effect is in place and is a situation where people are looking for those blue chip properties, they might be negatively geared. So if that's a situation going to happen and you're going to buy in that market, it might be a a case in point to either one, get that, see what's going on with the actual uh, property market post-election, or two, if there is a, a lack of, if there is a frenzied activity, you may want to wait until you know, have more opportunity, less competition after 1 January 2020. So think about all those things on when you actually decide to put yourself forward into that marketplace, if you are going to look at negatively geared properties. I guess for us uh, as a buyer's agent, the properties that we're looking at typically are positively geared properties um, in a situation where all your expenses uh, are normally covered by the rent there might be, you might be in a, a state of being a little bit negative, but if you've got depreciation reports, that can help you to be in a positive situation uh, and some of those expenses that you've paid on through the course of having that property as well. So a couple of things to be uh, mindful of and you know, watch out post-election of what's going to happen in the property market because there could be some significant changes Um, significant um, ups or downs if Labor do get in and um, get into power post-election. So watch out for that, guys, and hopefully that has helped you in thinking about what kind of strategy that you want to put forward in the next 6 or 12 months' time. If you want to discuss this particular topic or about your own personal investing, please let me know. Thanks for tuning in, and my number is 0400-332-377. Thank you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.